Welcome to the Shadron Berean Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Justin, and uh, today I've got another devotional for us. It's called Snatch Others from the Fire. In this Sunday sermon, we talked about how we can be bold witnesses for Jesus. Um, God commands us to share the gospel, and uh, that requires boldness, confidence, because uh, it's exclusive. It's an exclusive message. It upsets the status quo of a relativistic culture or, you know, the, a relativistic culture that says everybody can have their own version of truth. And uh, we also tend to be a universalistic uh, culture in that we think, well, sometimes we think all roads lead to God. And one man told me after the service this Sunday, <laughs> yeah, all roads do lead to God, right? We're all going to die and face judgment. We all are going to bow the knee. But uh, I want to talk about another reason for boldness, uh, just real quick. And it's because of the terrible fate of man without Christ. Right? This is a reason for evangelism. It's a reason that uh, boldness is required because we know the terrible fate of man without Christ. We know a Christless eternity lies ahead for those who do not trust Christ. You know, after we die, the Bible says we're all going to face a judgment of faith. Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed for man once to die and after that face judgment. So we'll all stand before God and for those who accepted Christ, they'll be welcomed into the eternal joys of heaven in his presence. But for those who have not believed on Christ... The Bible says they'll face a terrible fate in a place commonly referred to as hell. This is a real place of eternal sentencing that is to be avoided at all costs, like Jesus emphasized in Matthew 23, 33. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8-9 says, God will deal out retribution to those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel. Of Jesus, and these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Okay, and this is a real thing, but the doctrine of hell has fallen on hard times in our day. You rarely hear it talked about, even though the Bible records it. Um, it records Jesus warning people about hell on many occasions. He actually talked more about hell than heaven, and he talked more about hell than anyone else in Scripture did. Um, hell is a, a rare uh, subject in discourse. I mean, how often does hell ever come up in your regular <laughs> discourse with people? And I think that's partially due to the fact that eternal damnation is just not something that's comfortable to think about. We prefer to think of God as a God of love than rather than a God who's holy or just. You know, our emotions play a part. They want to refuse to, to think of those we know and love of ever uh, being in a place of eternal torment. And whenever anyone dies, it's always, well, they're, they're in a better place. It's never a worse place. And, you know, if we believe that, uh, we're deceiving ourselves because the Bible says hell is the broad gate compared to heaven's gate, which is narrow. And that's in Matthew seven thirteen through 14. Hell is um, often referred to uh, as Hades in the Bible. That's probably a more, now that is a more biblical name, Hades. 
Um, it's often equivalated with the lake of fire, and we'll get to that, the differences between those. But our, our word for hell is derived from the Greek word Gehenna, or Gehenna, which comes from this Hebrew word, which uh, Gehinnom, which means the Valley of Hinnom. So on, in Jerusalem, just outside Jerusalem, there was a valley called the Valley of Hinnom. And this is where Israelites had once sacrificed their children to a false god named Molech, right? Second Kings 16, 17. You can read about this in the Old Testament in Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 19. Because of this, uh, sacrificing their children to a false god and for their own personal prosperity, God said his judgment would reside over that place. And Jeremiah prophesied God would destroy the idolaters for their sin and uh, in the valley of Hinnom, leave their corpses to rot. Basically, fill up the valley, leave their corpses to rot, and it would be renamed the Valley of Slaughter. Okay, It's also been said that this valley was a place uh, just over Jerusalem's wall where they would throw refuse and trash. Uh, trash was burned there, including the occasional dead body of criminals. Um, like a city dump, the, the fire there was always burning. Smoke was always rising, so you can... Picture Jesus teaching in Jerusalem in the temple, and you look over to the south side of the city, and there's smoke rising, right? There's always smoke rising. There's always a glow at night. And uh, no wonder Christ used Gehenna as a metaphor for hell when you think of it that way. Hell is also uh, described as unquenchable fire, a furnace of fire, and as outer darkness. And these are all descriptions from Jesus. Uh, the book of Jude encourages Christians in light of hell to be like firefighters who snatch the unsaved from the fires of hell. They reach in and they grab them. You know, they, um, they want to be like a firefighter. After uh, refuting the false teachers that denied God's eternal punishment for sin and for lawlessness. Jude 23 says, save others, snatching them out of the fire. So think of every Christian like a firefighter, snatching people out of fire. False teachings, um, just like in Jude, about eternal punishment abound today, just like they did back then. One false teaching is universalism, and this teaches that all people are going to be saved or saved eventually. And uh, some of these false teachers will try to use scriptures that talk about Jesus dying for the whole world to convince people that the whole world's saved. And this is a really weak interpretation that is toppled um, easily by the tremendous amounts of further revelation explaining that uh, Jesus died for the whole world, yes, but the condition for salvation, the condition to be saved is faith in Christ. Yes, he died for everyone, but we must believe. John 3.18 is pretty clear. This is what Jesus said. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Another common false teaching is conditionalism <clears throat> or annihilationism. This uh, <clears throat> teaches that when people are destroyed in hell, they cease to exist. And this idea comes from a misinterpretation of descriptions of hell uh, from verses like uh, Matthew 10, 28. Jesus says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul 
and body in hell. And the destruction is where they find their, uh, I guess their proof. They try to make it synonymous with extinction. But, you know, I can destroy a pop can. I can crush a pop can. I can destroy a pop can by crushing it, but it doesn't mean that that pop can now ceases to exist. See what I'm saying? Scripture uh, repeatedly teaches that hell is a place of conscious eternal torment. That's not dis- destruction does not mean extinction. It's not equivalent with distinct extinction. Um, it's a place of conscious eternal punishment. It's a place where people weep. It's a place place where people um, gnash their teeth in agony. In Luke sixteen nineteen through thirty one, um, Jesus tells a figurative, but I think actual story about two men in the afterlife. There is a poor man named Lazarus who goes to paradise, basically heaven, to be with Jewish the Jewish father Abraham. And uh, the other was a rich man who ended up in Hades, in uh, a place of torment. And he lived so comf- comfortably in his life. He didn't go to hell just for being rich. It was that he lived so comfortably in his life that he never really longed for any sort of paradise beyond this world. I mean, he never, he had it so good in this world that he never stopped to consider his eternal destiny. And so he's there in Hades, and uh, Jesus describes this. He says he can see across this great chasm and somehow communicate with uh, a man who is in paradise, right? He's communicating with uh, Abraham. And uh, he's, he lifts up his eyes. So you got eternal place of torment and the eternal place of paradise. And there's a great chasm in between. And the man in the, the rich man in Hades lifts up his eyes and he's in agony and torment. And he asks Abraham in paradise to send Lazarus to uh, uh to bring him a drop of water for his tongue because he's in torment in that place. Abraham, you know, he just wants to be comforted by just one drop of water on his tongue and Abraham cannot cross the chasm between them. There's a great chasm fixed that he can't cross. He also asks Abraham Abraham to send someone from paradise to his five brothers who haven't died yet, who are still alive. And Abraham says they have Moses and the prophets. The Old Testament, let them hear them. If they don't listen to the Moses or to, to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Okay? Uh, so definitely a difference there between the two places that people go when they die, paradise or torment. And then there's no second chances, and there's no crossing over. The way I see it, uh, there's also going to be different d- differing degrees of punishment in hell. <clears throat> even though all are without excuse due to the evidence that, that's in creation. Romans 1, 20 talks about this. Uh, it tells us God's law is written on our hearts, so even if someone doesn't hear the gospel, uh, um, they're without excuse because of God's re- revelation of creation. They're without excuse because God's law is written on their hearts, our moral law. Um uh, passages like Matthew suggest, or Matthew 10, 15, 11, 22 through 24. I've got a ton of verses on the website blog if you want to get on there and look this up. John 19, 11. Um, these, there's different passages that suggest that those who received more truth revelation concerning Christ will be more responsible for that revelation 
uh, that they found out. Okay, so um, let me just look up one of these verses for us. Matthew eleven twenty two through 24. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable, bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you and you, Capernaum. You will not be exalted to heaven. You'll be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you, right, these truth, revelation works had been done in you, which had been done in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. It would have repented. But I tell you that it'll, it'll be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you, right? There's also a talk in John 19, 11, I think it is, about uh, Judas committing the greater sin, right? And uh, <clears throat> this is the way I see it. There's different degrees of punishment for hell based on uh, truth revelation that people receive. I think there's a, basically, I like to think the thermostat on the furnace of hell, the furnace of fire, will be set highest for Satan, and those who heard the truth, knew the truth, they knew God existed, but they rebelled against him anyway. They shook his fist at him. Um, Satan will not be a ruler in hell like we see in a lot of these you know, drawings and things where he's sitting on a red throne with flames around him and he's just you know, happy and content there. Um, no, he's going to be the most punished person in hell. Uh, the old preacher Charles Spurgeon described hell in an unforgettable way. He said, there's never any sleep or rest, or hope. It's a place where a drop of water is denied. That's based on Luke 16. A drop of water is denied, though thirst shall burn the tongue. A place where pleasure never breathed, where light never dawned. Can you imagine the sun never coming up? Where anything like consolation was never heard of. A place where the gospel is denied, where mercy droops her wings and dies, a place of fury and of burning, a place the likes of which imagination has not pictured. Think about that. No more gospel invitation, no more mercy offered. Mercy droops her wings and dies. Hades, though, to be precise, uh, this place holds unsaved souls in torment right now, until their future resurrection at the end of the millennial kingdom where they will stand before the great white throne judgment for a judgment of works, right? So everyone eventually is going to be resurrected. Some to a resurrection of life and some to a resurrection of judgment. So we all go somewhere after we die and someday we'll be reunited with our bodies that are resurrected, okay, for life or for judgment. But uh, after this uh, great white throne judgment, <clears throat> uh, these folks, unbelievers, are judged for their works, and they are thrown into the eternal location. For unbelievers, that is called the lake of fire. And uh, this is referred to as the second death. So we die physically. This is a, a spiritual death as well. Um Again, it does not mean annihilation, because this is a place of of torment. Okay, uh, the term "lake of fire" is used six times in those final chapters of the Book of Revelation, chapters 19 and 20, and it's the final hellish state of punishment for unbelievers, for fallen angels like Satan. Um, Hades itself, this location, is going to go to the lake of fire, and then death is also described as. Um, ending up in the lake of fire. It's the last thing 
to go, our final enemy is destroyed. But uh, this place, the lake of fire, was prepared for Satan and his angels. Matthew 25, 41 tells us. But those who haven't believed are also going to eventually end up there with them. And uh, they will be tormented there, Revelation 20.10 says, uh, day and night, forever and ever. That's just a way of saying um, this is eternal punishment that never stops. Um, but think about this. Have you ever uh, seen yourself as a firefighter for Christ? I think it, it's helpful for us to think this way. You know, the great evangelist D.L. Moody used to, to envision people as if they were on fire until he knew that they weren't. See, he understood all people are condemned until they come to Christ. And uh, he made a point from seeing people this way, it helped him to share the gospel with people every day. Um, firefighting is also it's a noble task, it's an honor to serve as a firefighter. I think we look up to firefighters, we admire their difficult work, their self-sacrificial work. And, uh, you know, God's going to reward his faithful firefighters who are ready to answer the call any time of day. What a privilege, huh, to think of this. Uh, what a, Think of serving in heaven's uh, fire department. <laughs> a privilege to serve in heaven's fire department. I mean, if you've, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, uh, know that you can simply receive him as your Savior right now just through prayer right where you sit, you know, no need to get baptized and give money to a church and become a member of a church or walk an aisle and do all of these different things. Look, it's just something that takes place in your heart. Repentance is something that takes place inside of you. Then you just come to God, holy God, and just say, you know, God, I'm, I'm a sinner, right? I messed up. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner just like everybody else in this world. But uh, I understand that you came into this world, you died for me, and I want to accept your incredibly merciful gift on the cross, uh, and I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. And uh, that's all you got to do. Do that, you thank Him for it, and uh, you now learn. You start to grow and, and walk with Christ. You get into His Word and fellowship with other believers. Um, think about that. If you have questions, uh, let me know. Talk to me. Uh, God sits right now in heaven. Jesus ascended back into heaven victorious after rising from the dead. And he's patiently waiting. Right? He doesn't, we, we want him to come back, but at the same time, he's been patiently waiting for sinners to receive his gift of salvation. That's why he hasn't come back. He's patient with us. He does not long for us to perish. He, he longs for us to come to repentance and to save us. So, Romans, I'll end with Romans 3, 23 through 24. It says this. This is like a cool drink of water for those who, who thirst for more. Um, everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving presence. But by the free gift of God's grace, all are put right with him through Christ Jesus who sets them free.